You're listening to the Sill Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 3, The Art of Poetry, Poet Laureate Waxes Poetic. You've been chosen as the Poet Laureate for Dufferin County, the first ever, by the way. Yes, indeed. And I'm chuffed to the bullocks, as they say in England. Chuffed to the bullocks. <laughs> Repeat that, please. I'm chuffed to the bullocks. <laughs> Which translates into... Kind of means uh, I'm happy right down to the base of my balls. Wow. <laughs> well, we're not, well, we're not going to get specific or explicit here. <laughs> we won't go there. I think it's great that this is happening, and I know you went through a process to get this particular appointment. I basically understand what a, what a poet laureate is. I, I certainly understand what a laureate is, but I can't say that I'm totally clear on the specifics of your functions as to what this uh, job or position entails. Well, to put it simply, a poet laureate is a kind of cultural mascot for the region or the area or the town that they represent. So I'm basically a representative of the cultural life of the community from a certain point of view, with a particular emphasis on poetry and creative writing. And so my job is to spotlight the literary arts, poetry in particular, uh, engage in the community, support fellow writers, set up teaching opportunities, create events and projects, that sort of thing. So it goes beyond just poetry in itself. There are other elements included in this whole repertoire of things that you're going to be doing. Sure. I mean, I'll have opportunities of going into the schools to teach the kids poetry and poetry workshops. I'll be addressing town councils. I'll be appearing at public events celebrating Canada's sesquicentennial celebrations and expected in a way to bring fresh material, write new poetry towards these events and situations. So it's a challenge for me because I need to keep creating new work all the time now. And uh, my term runs for about a year and four months or so. So there's lots of time to create exciting new work. It's timely, too, though, because we've been engaging to the discussions on art and technology and one's effect on the other. And I think it's, as I said, timely that uh, you've gotten this position. And now you have an opportunity to really explore part of the things that we've actually been discussing. Mm -hmm. So more specifically, though, I noticed that there wasn't any previous poet laureate position. Well, I mean, the Poet Laureate idea is a relatively recent one in Canada. I mean, there have been Poet Laureates in England and Europe for centuries. But in Canada, probably in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so anyway, Poet Laureates have sprung up all across the country in villages, in towns, in large metropolitan centers. So it's clearly an idea that is catching on for local governments, etc., to kind of promote culture in that way, to give it a face, if you like. And it's about time, because the arts in general, poetry especially, is something that has been pushed to the fringes. You rarely see poetry happen in a big way. I'm curious, when you actually went through the whole process of interviewing for this position, was there anything that surprised you, or was it pretty much what you expected? 
It was pretty much what I expected, although the first question that I was asked was, why poetry? What's the importance of poetry? And your answer? Uh, well, I said that's a very deep question. <laughs> but I think I said something like, poetry is one of the very few arts that succinctly points a finger at the essence of the mystery of who we are, of where we've come from, who we are, and where we're going. Because, after all, that is the big question for us. That is the existential question of life itself. And poetry, for some reason, has a very good way of getting at, of pointing at, meaning. Do you think it's almost like a crossover between the spoken word and music? It has a melodic flavor to it that perhaps uh, captures our interest more than either a song or written word? Is it kind of a crossover? Yeah, I think probably originally poetry was musical. We go back to the bards the medieval bards traveling from yes, village that's, to actually, village. Yes, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, sharing the news through song, through poetic song, if you like. So I think you're right. That rhythm, that musicality, that playfulness of language really touches people. It touches people's child, inner child, let's say. Mm-hmm. And people kind of respond to that on an intuitive level, on an imaginative level, which is so different from their day-to-day struggles. We need that balance. Especially now. A lot of people will discuss and argue that whole point about how we've become so invested in this kind of technical level way of living that we've lost some of that color, that we've lost some of that humanity in terms of contact. Yeah, and there are creative sides to technology as well. I mean, technology is now being engaged on the creative side of things in many, many ways from music to programs that will randomly generate phrases that can become poetry, for example. So technology is involved on the creative side of things, but ultimately it's the human intuitive imaginative faculty which is the generator. For me, it's also a wonderful way, as we talked about before, to bridge the two things art and technology. And uh, I know when I heard of your appointment, apart from the fact that we've been doing this kind of work for a few months now, just discussing these things, it feels like almost, you know, like I said, perfect timing in terms of uh, now you go into it having explored a whole other area that you may not have explored a year ago. And I'm kind of getting more immersed into the other side, which has been missing from a lot of my work, but which I've been kind of aspiring to anyway, because as I mentioned many times before, musicians, artists, and other creative personalities that I run into every day through the course of my work, Mm -hmm. this is almost like a perfect marriage between the two. Yeah, and there will be audio projects, hopefully over the next year and a bit, that will take in the stuff we've been doing here, creating this podcast who knows what else will be involved video i want to collaborate with other artists and other genres dance uh, music painters and uh, stonemasons i mentioned to bring together poets and stonemasons and create a kind of a poetry and stone festival like a hard and soft the hard and soft idea yeah i just think that could be fascinating for people and it'll draw different audiences together too poets aren't necessarily stonemason fans and stonemason fans aren't necessarily into poetry but if you bring those together they get to cross-pollinate, experience each other, etc. So my job, as I see it as a poet laureate, is to bring poetry into new contexts so that more people are exposed to it 
and start to warm to it. Suddenly, stonemasons and poets are talking to one another. Yeah. Uh, there's an appreciation that is shared. And a lot of people don't really even know what a poet does. Let's talk about that. Sure. Most people associate poetry with reading poetry out of a book. Most people don't think of poetry as a performance art, per se. So let's talk about the actual effect that a person acting solely in this medium, what they might create. Well, okay, the simple answer to what a poet does is that they create meaning out of experience. And here's my metaphor for okay. this. It came to me the other night when I was thinking about this. I imagine that poets are like worker bees in a beehive. They go out, they search for flowers, which are experiences. They mm -hmm. draw pollen into their sacks, which are the essence of the experiences, the me kind of the meaning underlying them. They go back to the hive and turn that pollen into honey. Very, into very good meaning, example. Into yeah. meaning. And yeah. so I think poets are like worker bees going out into the world, seeing the world in a different way, in a, in a unique way, drawing meaning out and pointing at it in the poetry that they create. So whether it's performance poetry or on the page or in a song or what have you, that to me is what a poet does. That's at, a great analogy. Yeah. In a sense, you are acting as kind of an intermediary as well. You're bringing things together. Yeah. Which is right in line with what I enjoy doing with technology. It's bringing things together. It's utilizing a tool to enhance all the other elements. Not only bringing things together, but bringing disparate things together, things you wouldn't expect to be brought together, like poetry in stone, for example. Mm -hmm. A poem can put an ant beside the country of Russia, and meaning can evolve out of that. A poet can take the minutest detail, the most boring thing in the world. Maybe it's a pencil on a table, and the poet could write a poem about that pencil that draws out of it the honey of the meaning of that pencil, talks about the history of it, how many people went into making that pencil, from the graphite to the wood to the, the transportation to the people mm -hmm. at the docks to the designer of the pencil. Poets have a certain way of looking at the world which is unique, and that's why it's seen as a separate genre and why it mm -hmm. should be uh, appreciated. Like juxtapositioning the unexpected. Yeah, which is what keeps us awake. If everything that we experience were expected, we'd basically fall asleep in the world, which we kind of have in many ways. Mm -hmm. So the role of the arts in general and of poetry is to kind of jolt people awake. Stimulate, motivate. Yeah. Uh, Enrichen, if nothing else. Right. So I think that's what I'm going to be trying to do over the next year and a bit. And I'm really excited to launch into this project. We've never had a poet laureate in Dufferin County. That's right. So suddenly the position opened. And what was interesting is that it was suggested by a conservative MP, David Tilson. Yes. And I thought, whoa, that shocked me. That woke me up for a moment. That's very true. Because the conservatives traditionally are seen as a party that is not really that high on culture and doesn't support culture. You know, Harper was notorious in a way for mm -hmm. uh, downplaying culture as an important thing. So I thought that was very interesting, and uh, when I see him, I'm going to thank him personally. Is it something that's come to you at the right time? Sure. I'm 66 years old now, and so it's good that it's come to me now. Right. And I'm also doing uh, all of these things anyway, doing workshops for autism spectrum teens. Mm -hmm. with, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. With my friend Anthony Carnavali in Orangeville, right. uh, doing workshops for seniors, 
setting up public open mic events and hosting them, that sort of thing. We created a new publication for the Orangeville area called Extra Pulp. Which is an e-magazine. It's kind of a zine. Zine. It's an actual zine. Uh, and Explain so, zine for Well, listeners. a zine is a kind of a, a youthful way of saying magazine, uh, but it's, more, it's a more kind of down-to-earth, rootsy publication, more cut-and-pasty, not as polished as the other magazines are out there, but with the idea of uh, putting important writings in there, not just fluff, stuff that is important to the community or important to uh, point out to the community and to be a bit of an advocate for people who don't have a large voice. So that project and others, it's all kind of in the same world, and I've been doing that for the last several years already, and now this is just another way to expand on that, to get into the schools and teach there, because it's hard to get into the schools if you're not part of some organization. Opens doors that would otherwise not have been open. That's right. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to sitting down with the cultural committee uh, of Orangeville Town Council, sitting down with the libraries and seeing what kind of projects we can do together, that sort of thing. I'd like to see more poetry outdoors, outside in the community. I remember walking through Toronto a number of years ago and seeing people put up a uh, milk crate, Mm -hmm. soapbox, get up and share a poem. And don't forget, April is National Poetry Month. So there's an entire month. There's an entire month dedicated to poetry. Is this a national Uh, thing? It's a national thing. I didn't know that. Started in the U.S. a number of years ago, and it was picked up. I don't know how many years ago. Ten years ago in Canada as well. And so every year for the month of April, poets and people are invited to share a poem, read a poem, write a poem. I understand that you're also doing something for our 150th Canada Day celebration. Well, I've whipped up a new poem, haven't I? That is a kind of an interpretation of uh, O Canada. Okay. It's called My O Canada. I don't have it here where I recite it as part of this little podcast. When will you recite this? Well, it's coming up soon, this coming Saturday. Which would be, be June... June 17th at, uh, in Mulmer Township, which is in the sort of northeastern corner of Dufferin County, where Rock Hill Park Ah. situated, by the way, where the freakouts happened in the late 60s and early 70s, and those big rock concerts came. Willie Nelson came and played, and uh, the Guess Who, and all these big names wow. came to this little place in Mulmer, and it was like a mini Woodstock. Woodstock yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited. Anyway, so that's where I'm going to be doing this thing on Saturday. And will this poem be available, uh, because at this particular event, it'll only be available to those who are attending. Mm-hmm. Will you make this available to people who are not attending? Yeah, at some point, if we get a website set up, for example, I can have the poem on the site and or put a, an audio version of it up on the site as well for people to listen to. Actually, maybe we can create an audio recording and put it on the website with the rest of our podcast. That's great. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Beautiful. Yeah. What else is required from you? The Poet Laureate is required to create four learning opportunities in the community. So I might go and teach in the schools, do something for seniors at the Probus Club maybe, do something at the library, that sort of thing. But a series of four of those, I have to create four significant works. So four either large poems or collections of poetry over this span of time. And I have to appear at four different public Events. events as Poet Laureate. What about outside that realm? Are there other things that you are allowed to do or that you'd like to do? 
Yeah, in fact, what's not required in terms of the Dufferin County position, but is required in many other poet laureate jurisdictions, is that the laureate will come up with a legacy project, as it is called, something that will be left behind, whether it's a book of collected poetry about the area, or a CD of audio spoken word poetry, or some other kind of creation that will last beyond the term of the Poet Laureate. So I'd like to come up with something, even though it's not a requirement in this case, I'd like to come up with something and work on a legacy project of some kind. The nature of which, I'm not sure yet, I have to kind of mm-hmm. think work about it. through, it. yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll come to me in good time. And I also like to collaborate, so I want to encourage people to send in their ideas If you have an idea of uh, some kind of very cool uh, poetic event that's unusual, let me know, and I'll help Mm -hmm. to make it happen, right? Mm -hmm. So because I've got experience in creating literary festivals and working in theater and all kinds of places, and so uh, my skill set will allow me to help manifest a lot of different ideas. I noticed an inordinate number of people congratulating and wishing you well. Yeah, well, pretty well one of, out of every four of my Facebook friends <laughs> uh, sent me good wishes and, and likes, etc. So that um, is a great, very gratifying to have people support that choice. Oddly enough, for me, it was gratifying for another reason, in that we've been discussing over the past few months a variety of things that kind of point back to this as well. We've been discussing technology. We've been discussing values. When I saw that response from friends, associates, I found it very uplifting in terms of, wow, despite all the goings-on and despite all this constant discussion of social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, here we are with people, your neighbors, people down the street, people that you meet at cafes, speaks of something that's very, very important to you, and, and they're almost like doing it for you. Yeah, that's partly what being an ambassador for the county means is I'm representing those writers that are squirreled away in their garrets writing their masterpieces or their epic poetry you know Mm -hmm. and my job is to kind of uh, draw them out of the woodworks and say come on out and join the party we have a chance to party here Mm -hmm. us poets for a year and a bit let's do it and I think it's great for youth well I'm going to point back to spoken word poetry again because it's one of the things that younger people have become attracted to and that's what poetry does as well and what it should be doing, which is re-enlivening and reinventing language. Because what happens with language is as we use it habitually in our day-to-day, it starts to become less potent. Mm-hmm. And what poetry does, what the arts do, is to take that raw material and begin to take it apart, play with it, do some interesting, fun things with it, juxtapose. Re-energize. And, yeah, in order to re-energize the language. That's what writers should be thinking about as they do their work, is how do I re-energize the language? So that's what poetry does really well, because it can break rules where prose sort of can't. You know what I mean? Yes, and you know, there's something else about poetry when you take it to a performance level. I mean, this has been my experience, even watching you and others. There really is an element of a communication style, And communication in itself, it helps those of us who have either withdrawn or have lost some of the finesse of being able to read people. 
Because communication is also a physical act. It's not just words that come out of one's mouth. It's, it's being able to read people physically, their eye movement, their eyebrows, their hands, their head tilting. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why people appreciate performances as well. There's, there's so much more that is not spoken. Yeah, I mean, it's a full-body art when you think about it, performance poetry. You're there on the stage, you're, you know, your entire body is engaged, you're moving, you're gesturing, you're touching your own emotions and bringing them out for people. You mustn't forget that when you listen to the early recordings of some of our great poets back in the 19... 19- 1905 or 1910, and this George Bernard Shaw recorded on tape, yes. uh, on cylinder, uh, T.S. Eliot. You hear these people, when they recite their poetry, they're not doing the boring, do not go gently into that good night, rage, rage. No, you hear them, and they're saying, do not go gently into that good night, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Yes. You know, they really lived it and gave it. And to our modern jaded ears, it can sound a little bit overwrought, a little dramatic, you know. But we're coming back to that through spoken word poetry now, where it's okay to be big on the stage. And you alluded to rap uh, yeah. and other forms of modern communications which express in another form, but it's exactly that. It's very in-your-face, emotional outbursts. Yeah. Even language that is considered obscene, but when expressed within the context of what they're expressing... It's not necessarily obscene, it's more truth. It's more truth. And don't forget, spoken word poets and other performers are competing with the advertising mentality, keeping your attention. Garnering attention. Yeah, and holding it. And a performance artist needs to be able to... Rise above the noise. And hold people's attention. And that's why, for example, slam poetry is three minutes long, not much longer, because there's certain attention spans to consider and to make an impact and not go on too long so that you lose people's attention, that sort of thing. Now, my O Canada poem is about five and a half minutes long, so I'm going to put that to the test and see whether people can stay with it for five and a half minutes. And I'm, I'm kind of, uh, and people are saying, oh, you should probably cut it down. But I'm thinking, you know what? Some things are what they are. Mm-hmm. You can't just artificially rip them apart and make them smaller. This is a five and a half minute piece. It's an epic, quote unquote, poem for me. And I'm going to recite it in that way as well. And hopefully I can keep people's attention. And when, when you were writing this poem, Harry, was there an underlying, uh, I mean, obviously we know about the 150 years, so that's something in itself. But were there other elements that you wanted to put into this poem beyond the obvious 150 year celebration? Yeah, I wanted to offer some perspective on our celebration, i.e. that not everyone in this nation is thrilled about it, namely the Aboriginal nations, who don't really recognize it, per se. Oh, interesting. They don't blame them, since it's not their birthday, particularly, mm-hmm. right? I wanted to talk about sending sons and daughters off to war to be killed in the name of freedom. They're never coming back. Mm-hmm. So true patriot love and all thy sons command, and the sons are commanding you to go to war and to give your life. So kind of thinking about it with perspective, celebrating Mm -hmm. what is great about this nation and about the people of this nation, but offering some perspective and balance. That's what an artist has to do, is to balance things and not just... You're not there to win a popularity contest. You're there to express a viewpoint. Art is not about popularity. It's about telling the truth. It's about exploring what is true and what is good and what is beautiful, as well as 
what are lies and what is ugly. It's been great talking about this subject. I'm just wondering if we could conclude our discussion by you reciting a poem of your choice. It'll be a short one. Okay. And it goes like this. Life's like a white floated feathers dropping to touch like kiss the ground on some this wet raggy with rain day. White chirps wing slices the play-thinged wind, and I'm that, this flying dream, whose sacred name is called being. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production, available at connectingdotsmedia.com.